pick a window. Wow. I don't know about the costume, but that's some set of wheels. Hi, I'm Marv Wolfman, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Comic book podcast, and I'm your host, the radioactive professor of all things comic book, J.C. Carter. Joining me today on the show, my super friends in the North, our punk pixie, Miss Jocelyn Christensen. Hi, guys. And on the bridge of his own private enterprise, our very own Admiral James Tiberius Batman, Laird Jeff Bell. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, hello. How is everyone? What are you guys up to? We <laughs> <laughs> all stopped talking on the podcast. We all just stopped. Uh, just kidding. We weren't really ready for this, apparently. Yeah, just grind to a halt here. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just stuff. <laughs> SSDD, same shit, different day. Yep. That's my world anymore. Uh, that's me. I got a, I got a very kind, uh, an artist I know that we all know, um, very kindly just said, here, here's a variant cover for Shaolin Nun. And it's gorgeous. And uh, we're kind of going back and forth on colors and stuff, but, you know, background colors. Because he sent me the, the inks and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Do you need the base colors? Yeah. Okay. Here's the base colors for Mayin, because it's just Mayin in a kind of a cool pose. Um, the uh, the her costume, her uniform is drawn. It reminds me of uh, John Buscema, that kind of oh, okay. wavy, a lot of wrinkles and stuff. You know, <laughs> all the way down. It's just really cool. And I was like, okay, I'm digging this. I'm digging this so much. So uh, yeah. That's uh, that was that was an awesome thing to get this week. Yeah, um, I also got, awesome. I also got all of my. I'll show you guys. Um, I know it's so good on audio to do this, but. Uh, oh yes, I love it. I love when I'm listening to a podcast and they're talking about what they're looking at. <gasps> that is gorgeous, though. I yes. got my originals. Uh, my original covers from Greg two days after the con, so I didn't oh. have any to sell. But I may make, I probably will make these, um, I'll probably make these, uh, you know, basic incentives for the next Kickstarter or something, because I'm sure I'll have a, I hopefully will have a Kickstarter going before the next con. All right. right. And then just because, you know, so that first batch was Captain Marvel, Spider-Gwen, and She-Hulk, and so just so DC gets some love, we got Supergirl. Yeah, you know that Supergirl looks like the Supergirl from the Flash movie, which was the only good thing in the Flash movie. (laughs) Um, Black Canary. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice, exploding there. I love that. And then uh, and a little Batwoman. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So these all I got these on Monday. My wife comes down. Well, nothing like a day late and a dollar short. And I'm like, well, that's the that's the postal service. I had nothing to do with Greg. He shipped them on time. He sent them out on Monday, and the post office fucking lost them between the Bronx and fucking Utah, which doesn't surprise me. They probably got stuck in that hub that got so fucked up uh, in the Midwest. Uh, they like, maybe. You, know, you remember that one that was making the news because they got rid of all the processing machines because they were tr- DeJoy was trying to get rid of all the processing machines so that you couldn't do mail-in ballots. 
and have them counted. You remember those, that? And it was like one in like Missouri or something. Yep. And so I'm like, they probably went through that Missouri office and got stuck there for a while where they're like, <laughs> where's this go? I don't, I don't know. I think Utah. Okay. Where's the Utah been? You know, they don't have a machine to help them guide it. So yeah, it was like, oh, thanks. I blame Lewis DeJoy. That's who I blame for all <laughs> Fair, we, very fair. I've got a customer down in Lehigh, uh-huh. and every time I ship him his books, they route through Denver. Seriously? Yep. Well, well done, Louie. That is, so <laughs> is there something about book rate that it has to go through Denver first? I don't like, ship I don't... book rate. I ship priority. Oh, do you? Oh. Yep. So yeah. then it still has to go through Denver. That's funny. Yep. Uh, Gone are the days of just simply put it in a truck and send it where it needs to go. And if it has to go out of state, it goes to a a hub that then drives it out of state or flies it out of state. Yeah. Now everything goes out of state first, then goes back into state. Weird. Silly. That's just silly. Yep. Uh, So anything else? Hefe? Nothing for me, really. Um, Dr. Volts, we have our big Black Friday sale coming up. Yeah. Uh, uh, For those that don't get it, the sale's on Black Friday. Not not the Saturday before Black Friday. (laughs) Wait, what? They're like, but but you're advertising it. Yeah, so you know to be here next week. Uh, That's how people know. That there's something going on. I had a dude, I had a, I mean, it, I had a lot of this, but I had a dude come up to the counter with a stack of comics and yeah. he points at the Black Friday flyer and he says, I thought this was the deal. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, next Friday on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Black Friday, Black Friday, Friday. <laughs> Not Saturday. Oh boy. You know. I mean, to be no, 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 no. Okay, sorry. Absolutely I'm not. not fair. There, no, there is no dumb. fair. Yes. That guy's dumb. He's not dumb. He just. All right. He's just a little too optimistic for his own good. There's always someone trying to get the deal, trying to get the, you know, scam the scam the scam the store a little bit. I've noticed what? that in almost every retail outlet I've ever been in, somebody's always like, "Well, you had this, you put this on sale, but I bought it last week." Oh, you mean when it wasn't on sale? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, my favorite my favorite thing that that pisses me off mm-hmm. is how people on purpose fail to recognize that I run a retail outlet. That I, <laughs> I have a brick and mortar store, there are mm-hmm. lights, there's internet, there's water, there's, you know, power. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All these things that have to be paid for, all that shit in the shop. And I had a dude come up to me, and we had a book, um, very rare, Fantastic Four, uh, mm-hmm. who was seven hundred ninety nine dollars okay. on eBay. Okay. On eBay, it goes for upwards of between nine hundred and and twelve hundred dollars. This book, yeah, in oh, wow. in this condition, and so a really good price, but two hundred below market and this guy comes up he's like huh hmm, i don't know if i could justify 800 i'll give you 400 (laughs) and i'm like no no he's like well i just want to cut a deal i'm like that's not a deal he's like okay 425 and i'm like dude no it's 799 plus tax that's (laughs) what it is you know 
That's all. I, just, I would I would have walked him through what you started with saying. That's funny. Any the market value is actually nine hundred, so you've already got a deal. Oh, see, I wouldn't have. I would have yeah. gone. You can't justify that. Okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, like that. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm they, not forcing you to pay eight hundred dollars for the comic book. Yeah, the other argument we get are people bringing in garbage comics that want to sell them, mm -hmm. and they're like, "I know what I got." I can get more than that on the internet. It's like, fine, dude, go go get it on the internet. Get it, get it on, on the internet. internet. What are you doing? Go what are you doing in here giving me shit for? I don't want your comics. You know? It's right. every once in a while you have to explain. Here's how this works. Here's your corners, here's your staples, here's your spine, here's this. You know, uh, a color breaking tick is usually, you know, a point off, this and that. You have thirty. Uh your corners are boxed, your <laughs> your staples are coming out. Um, and all of this is on a $4 comic book. So no, I right. won't give you a hundred dollars for the death of Superman. <laughs> Even though you've got 20 of them. Guess who else has 20 of them? Every comic book collector from the nineties. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any of them. Same. Oh really? I probably got a yeah. couple of them here. I can give you. Sweet, 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 sweet. <laughs> it was the death of Superman predates my my fascination with comic books. So. Your fandom, yeah. Yep, yep. I know about it. You know, I remember when it happened. I even know. I think what the cover looks like. Wasn't it just a black cover? Um, there were a lot it of covers. In a black bag. It was in a black bag. It was okay. sleeping in a black bag, and okay. only only. Um, so it was in continuity, which was a big deal. Uh, so it wasn't a special event, uh, which meant he really died, at least for a minute. For a half um, yeah. I didn't buy it when it came out, and yet I still wound up with the entire thing. <laughs> because somebody gave me the uh, collected set. I think Ryan gave me the collected set that he'd bought. Um, and uh, all you know, still shrink-wrapped and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And then I thought, hey, wonder if this is worth anything. Go look it up. No, no, that's not worth anything at all. Because <laughs> everybody bought it. Everybody yeah. got into it. Because that was one of the first big ones since it came out in continuity. And, and yet DC made such a big fucking deal about it. Um, everybody, they just printed. They just printed money until it was gone. Right. And then and then now it's like it's not worth and everybody bought it because they're like, ooh, speculative market. This will be worth a, a fortune in 20 years. No, it's not. Sorry. Well, guys. Yeah, it would have been if it hadn't been over published. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If they if they had only if they'd limited their their run to like, you know, a thousand or two thousand or something like that, it'd be any copy you get would be worth a fortune. But no, it's not right. anything right, right now. And that's the problem. People walk in with those things thinking, hey, this is this is my mint maker. And then I'm I'm standing in Dr. Volts and I'm looking at uh, the rack of all the CGC slabbed comics, right? Right. And there I see uh, Captain America number one, the first time Sam Wilson is is Captain America, and it's it's what, 150? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, I have that, and I have it in that condition. <laughs> <laughs> it's in one of my boxes oh fuck now i gotta dig through my boxes again and pull that one out as as a, as a slabby because it's actually worth something yeah it's no like kidding. i get shocked when i i find things now that are that were printed just a few years ago and they're worth a lot of money and it's like but the thing is is they're worth a lot of money now if something 
gets fucked up with the whole Sam Wilson thing in the Marvel movies. Right. Where the Marvel movies suddenly grind to a halt and die, which they seem to be threatening to do. Um, it's like, well, then maybe it won't be worth as much down the road. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. Who knows? Woo. But you know what we do know? We have what? news to do. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Peter Cullen, voice activist of Optimus Prime, to receive Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, he's not dead. Yay! Yay! That was the same face again on the podcast. It's easy to see my face, right? But yeah. when you sent the link, I was like, "Oh no!" I, yeah. I may have, I may have shaved that link off on purpose. Thanks, buddy. But uh, yeah, Peter Cullen, known worldwide for his voice acting on Optimus Prime in cartoons, movies, and video games, is to be honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, that does mean he is at the end of his life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Natas President and CEO Adam Sharp released an official statement saying, We are thrilled to recognize Peter Cullen, (laughs) who has voiced so many iconic characters. See how I'm doing Megatron? Yes. Because that's funny. Uh, uh, So many iconic characters uh, over a lifetime of true achievement. His remarkable career in many genres of television and film make him an exemplary honoree. He will be presented with this Lifetime Achievement Award at the second annual Children's and Family Emmy Awards on Sunday, December 17th. Autobots, roll out! I love it. That was awesome. Roll out. Roll out. Jeremy Renner. Ten months since he got run over by a snowplow. His own snowplow. He ran himself over with his snowplow. Yeah, yeah, uh, did a little video of him just uh, running around. Let me put it this way. Ten months ago, I did not get hit by a snowplow. I can't do any of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) What was awesome was I watched him skip down that driveway. Yep. You know, that he's in California, he's skipping down his driveway and he gets to the bottom and he just, he's like, puts his hands on his knees. He's like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> kind of, and then he turns around and then jogs up the driveway. And I was like, all right, now you're just showing off. Because I would have also been at the bottom of the driveway going, oh, fuck. Uh, that was a lot. <laughs> to skip down a driveway like that. I mean, he's throwing his knees up like a, like a soccer player, like a football player running, you know, running down, running out on the pitch. You know, they do that little exercise pre-game, that warm-up, where they're basically skipping with their knees going high and to the right, to the left as they go down. And I was like, I'm watching him do that, and I'm like, yeah, that would fucking wipe me out too, Jeremy. Yeah. Yep. I feel for you, brother. So there you go, buddy. Hawkeye number two. Yep. Let's let's get her done. Yep. Yep. Uh, Hawkeye could come back. That's it for the news. Oh, well then. Quick and easy. Uh, well, we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we're talking moving pictures. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. 
Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Elena Huffman, Abaddon on Supernatural, and you are listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. nothing wrong with your television do not attempt to adjust the picture we are now controlling the transmission we control the horizontal and the vertical we can deluge you with a thousand channels or expand one single image to crystal clarity and beyond please stand by ah so what you guys been watching on the uh the motion pictures this week I did a rewatch of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse last night with my kid. Hmm. And I literally, I only saw it once in theaters because it was in and out of theaters faster than I anticipated. Yep. And then I literally forgot every aspect of that movie. I literally watched it like it was brand new to me, except for a few little scenes I remembered. And I think it's because it was damn traumatic. That movie is traumatic. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all. It's traumatic, and it was rough, and I probably will forget again and have to watch mm-hmm. it again in the future. Fair so, enough. Yeah, but I mean, and then I did watch, I've been watching Only Murders in the Building. I'm about halfway through season three. It's delightful and charming and, and witty and funny and cute, and everybody should be watching it. But I understand if you're not. I did not get to do my hangout with my mom this week, so I did not watch Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, okay. So... I'm. I don't know how far behind on that one we are, but we so are. So, watch your tendency to give spoilers, sir. Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, you got one. Please. I will. I will say there's one left for this season, and it drops on Wednesday next week because of the Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, what about you guys? What'd you watch, Jeff? Monarch. King oh. of the Monsters or Monsters Inc. or whatever the fuck it is, Monarch on Apple TV, which is the the series uh, with both of the Russells. Uh, it's mm-hmm. got Wyatt playing young Lieutenant whatever and, and Kurt playing old Lieutenant whatever. Very cute casting. I really dig it. But here's what I for, I didn't know off the top of my head and found out when I when I threw it on. Uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. thanks to Braxton giving me the heads up. Guess who the head writer is on Monarch? Matt Fraction. Matt fucking Fraction. Yep. Yeah, uh, I will not <laughs> shut up. I cannot be silenced. Matt Fraction's writing for the Godzilla show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, first two episodes dropped. Uh, they come out every Wednesday, and the first two episodes were great. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that one. That one kind of made me pretty happy. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, let's see. Um, here we go. Uh, the killer, um, fast bender, uh, over, I believe, I I believe on the Netflix. I'm not, I don't remember where the hell I watched it, but Mm. it is based on a comic book, which I did not know. It is directed by the guy who directed seven. So I had, I had some pretty big expectations, not. I know what the story is about expectations, but like if it's coming from the guy that directed seven, this must be a wonderful movie. So we're watching it. And a couple of times the, are we really still watching this kind of popped up as questions in the room Mm -hmm. because it is a 
it is a it's a lonely single voiced mostly voiceover while watching you know on-screen action of mm-hmm. the killer's internal dialogue as he moves through his day to take care of problems that arise in his job it's you know it's a it's a, a day or two in the life of this this assassin mm-hmm. huh. so i'm watching it and i'm like this is pretty fucking slow this is pretty fucking slow holy shit this is slow god damn this is a slow movie and then it ended and i was like yeah, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's just I got to the end and I was like, yeah, that was really good. Fast Bender really fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's good. But the whole time through it, I was just like, boy, I could really use some action right now. And then you get some and then it's over and we go back to him getting from point A to point C and wherever in between and stuff like that. So it was just different. And it was it was it was structurally different. It was something that will probably be shown uh, in art school or film class in junior colleges all across the land, you know. <laughs> and people will you know will compliment it for reasons I don't understand and never did, which is probably why I got a B. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was pretty good if you get a chance. Um, and then uh, welcome to Wrexham. Yes. Yeah. Finished off its season right before announcing there will be a season three. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it. They did. They made it. They made it to the to the English Football League Woo-hoo. lowest tier where they can start actually making some fucking money and stop playing in the middle of the winter. Yep. No, uh, they all the play other... in the winter. Oh, will they? Yeah. They they play through from September until May. Mm-hmm. That is their season. Um, mm-hmm. January, they don't do much because that's uh, trades. But yeah, they all play all winter. Mm. It's nuts. They did. Crazy. I mean, you. Yeah, it's uh, that snow melty thing that you see that with. Uh, with well, that, other that was in teams. the National League. And one of the things they talked about in season one when the, the first time they had to play in the snow was uh, both of the guys saying, we got to get out of this league. Which indicated to me that the as you, as, when you move up into the EFL or EFC or whatever it is, um, you don't play strictly in the winter time. That that's only for National League games. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Yeah, because that would be nice if they didn't have to play in the. Because that 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 snow episode was fun. I I I got a kick out of it because I remembered from the season before. You know, both uh, both Ryan and Rob going. We got to get out of this league. We can't playing in the middle of the playing in a snowstorm. This is this is fun. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was it was some crazy. It's it it was cool though because last week we t- we we you you pointed out the evidence that they they made it, and yet there was still nothing spoiled for me knowing that. Yeah. It's like I, every emotion was still there because they play it so well in the documentary to make us understand just how important this is, not just to us, the viewer and the guys playing, you know, out there running around, kicking the ball around, but everybody in that town, everybody in that town, it's vital to them. Yep. And, and, and we get to know them and we get to know how they, you know, how that, you know, we get to see how that responds. I still love the two little old ladies sitting in the tea shop talking football that just makes me smile every time they they cut to them oh and they all start crying because they're so worried for the guys and they just yeah 
you know. <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. And then that <laughs> old dude they hang out with who never says anything's like because we like football and they're like that's right that's why we do it and it's like okie dokie yeah yeah i dig that group yeah that just makes me smile every time they do it and then the guy runs the video store just oh, yeah. and i know they i knew they stick their stick the camera in there because how novel is it he has a video store literal videotapes on the on the shelf that's hilarious yeah, yeah. i'm like of course you're gonna stick your camera in there and, and make him a feature character i would Absolutely. Oh, you still run a video store? That's how far back in time this this town is currently sits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anything else? No. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Wrexham for me as well. Obviously, I enjoyed the hell out of that. And then, um, so Pluto TV has this uh, channel called Eighties Rewind, which is all old eighties movies, which is always my jam. Nice. And the other night, I wound up staying up a little too late because Highlander came on. And I'm watching. I'm like, I wonder if this is... Uh, I And I know right where the scene is that, that gives a tell, which is there's a little scene cut in where Connor puts his stops in the parking... Stops before he walks in the parking lot and pulls his gloves on. That indicates it's the director's cut. That's the only thing that ever indicated it was the director's cut to me. And then, oh, until you see the... Um, how he meets Rachel in World War II yeah. and shoots the Nazi. Um, that it's, was it's it, a kind you know? of magic. Yeah, which explains the entire fucking Queen song. Exactly, <laughs> explains the whole movie. And uh, anyway, he does. He uh, I see him, and I'm like, and he and he does. He stops. He pulls his gloves. I'm like, whoop! Director's cut. Here's the problem: they show the movie completely uncut. They show every movie completely uncut, but they drop in commercials every probably twenty minutes. Oh, and we're talking like you. five, ten minutes of commercials. So it's a long. You get to get up, you get to pee when you need to pee. You don't have to wait. You can get up to pee, but uh, you don't have to wait long to get up to pee. But yeah, it was. Whew, it was a long night watching Highlander. But I'm like, I'm gonna get through this one. So, um, that's been the fun of it. And then like yesterday, I just threw it on because we wanted some noise in the background and my wife's like, this is on here and this is on here. I'm like, yeah, it's eighties rewind. It's going to be eighties movies all day long with commercials endlessly. The same damn USAA commercials you see all the time will be on here. <laughs> uh, Cause USAA apparently a sponsor of Pluto. TV. And I, if they were the sponsor of us, I would be happy to have their damn commercials run on this show. Every <laughs> damn That's week. true. Um, we need to we need to start right we need someone to help us get commercials that's what we need um we've said and you know funny enough we've been saying this for, for what 11 years we need someone to help us get commercials. 12 we're no good at that that particular part of the job we can talk for hours but we're no good at getting commercials it's true. um and then uh upon your advice your 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 you kind people's advice i we decided to my wife and i decided to watch lessons in chemistry yes Holy shit. What an amazing show. Told you. The second episode alone has to be one of the most perfect 50 minutes of television I've seen in a long time. To have, and I couldn't believe it was only 50 minutes long when it was done. Because we go through their whole courtship. Yeah. The whole thing. in 50, in, and, and then that ending. Mm -hmm. I saw it coming 
two seconds before it happened, and I still was like, jaw dropped, holy shit, as it happened. And I was like, I can't believe you just did that. And yet, at the same time, I could see it coming two seconds before it happened. I'm like, that's one too many pulls on the, you know, before that's going to happen. And yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Um, episode three. Uh, yeah. Okay. Everybody who hates Brie Larson, fuck you. And the horse you rode in on. That was some amazing acting. Because one of the hardest things for a beautiful, gorgeous, glamorous actress to do is to let herself be ugly on camera. And oh my God, that was beautiful because it was so appropriate. Um, and the dog is a narrator. <laughs> right? Wasn't that so perfect? <laughs> the dog is a narrator. I loved it. I loved that aspect of storytelling. I yeah. thought that was so good. And apparently if he's ever caught by the army, he'll be shot because he was a deserter, right? Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> and I think episode three is about where I've made it to. Mm. Um. Because we, we've gotten behind on that one. So, yeah. Yeah. Four is, four is cool. Um, oh, sure. I'm excited. It's, it's sort of promise of the premise all the way through four. Um, but there is some stuff that is hard to watch in four. Um, every episode has something hard to watch as far as. Oh, I'm yeah. Every oh, episode. yeah. You, go, you get through it and you're like, I, fuck. Woo. That was a rough one. So uh, you'll take our advice for Brie Larson, but not for Jason Sudeikis. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. I plan to watch the. I still plan to watch it all. I just I have someone who watches shows with me, and I don't have access to Apple TV except on my big TV or on my tablet. Mm-hmm. And I don't have my tablet sitting here at work, and unlike you, I can't have a show on in the background and not focus on it. I will. I will sit and watch the show. I can't sit and work and watch and do some and watch and and have a show on. Your ADD game is weak, sir. It is. <laughs> I have the weakest ADD of anyone. That's all there is to it. So yeah, I I I will I will sit and watch a show, and kill two hours or more when I should be working. So the plan is now that I have Fridays off, because Ugh. I'm forced to. Um, I have to take them off without pay too. Uh, I, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably start catching up on some of this shit just because it's like, let's do it. Let's start watching it. Um, not to mention though, I do need to, we are going to get a new Star Trek discovery soon. So I need to do my rewatch of the last season just so I'm, I've got it fresh in my head. Uh, we, we we got a friend that, uh, uh, hasn't been able to watch any of the Star Trek due to not having any cable. Or, yeah. or, you know, internet streaming. Mm-hmm. So we did uh, first two seasons of Discovery. Then we flipped over. We just did season one of Strange New Worlds, oh. which, which feels right. Mm-hmm. And then I think we'll go back to Discovery for a season. And then we'll go back to Strange New Worlds. And then we'll do Discovery and have that done right about the time that season five drops. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think that's the way to watch it. When does season five drop? Is it February? Uh, it's either January. It's either January or February. I'm not sure which. It could be as early as December, but I don't think it's. Right, I don't you, want to quote myself. You on keep talking about TV. I will look it up. Okay, but yeah, no, I I'm excited about that though. Um, I'm I'm wait. I can't wait for your friend to see Lower Decks because 
especially for me if 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 you're a star trek fan you know a longtime star trek fan lower decks is just so delightful and yet i wonder if you're not a longtime star trek fan how it lands for you, you know? um she is a longtime star trek fan mm. we watched season one of lower decks first <laughs> oh good okay so yeah yeah <laughs> Just, just bring us right into it. Well, yeah, we had I, to do that, or one of the episodes in season two won't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted to watch them again. So, yep. And then there, then you got Picard. That you kind of have to watch it all, but yep. honestly, Picard three is the best. But there's little elements from one and two that are in three that, you know. I'm like, I either have to say, yeah, he got that in season one of Picard, and then they're going to want to watch that, you know, like the, the Gollum body. Oh, he got that in season one of Picard. Oh, well, now I want to watch that. How did he get a Gollum body? Oh, uh, well, it's a long slog, but we can get you there. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like they're saying January through April of 2024. But, okay, so but that is not that's not solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is anticipated. Yep. Mm, okay. Well, then that gives me time to catch up some Apple TV in my forced time off. There you go. Yep. Because that tells me I've got at least, well, I do still need to do a rewatch of Discovery Season 4, but that gives me, there aren't that many episodes. I think there are, what, 10 episodes? or I just forgot how fucking good Seasons 1 and 2 are. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, You forget how amazing they are, and it's, and it's, it's just one long giant movie in reality. Yeah. And yeah, there's stuff that's dumb. There's stuff that irritates me. Um, you know, the whole the whole premise of season three was annoying, yet it's still a fucking amazing season. Um and and then of course I can't I got I got I really am excited to rewatch season four because that's just the most Star Trek of all Star Treks. Uh but yeah, season two, I mean you got that that episode with the helmets that I'm like Put your helmet back on. Put yeah. your helmet back on. You know, it's like fuck. And I blame. And then Frakes was director, so I'm like, I pissed at you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's uh, do some TV news. TV news, it is. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Kihu Kwan got all kinds of emotional when he found out that he was going to be in the MCU. Um, He said, uh, my agent called and said, you're going to get a call from Kevin Feige tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to put a pin in it right there. What the (laughs) fuck is the next 12 to 14 hours like for you? Kevin Feige's going to call. (laughs) I'd be hyperventilating. I'd pass out constantly. He'd answer the phone. I'd pee myself. Hey, this is Kevin Feige. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can i rub your ball cap no it's it, it pissed me off because i'd i'd have to turn my phone off of uh ignore unknown calls and so i'd be getting i every every hour i'd get a i'd get some robo call trying to sell me shit or hey buddy you ready for you ready for solar shut up yeah shut the fuck up and wait for kevin feige to call me <laughs> So my agent said, you're going to get a call from Kevin Feige tomorrow. Now you have to understand when I became an actor again, joining the MCU is at the top of my wish list. I was so excited. And I said, could this be it? I was driving. I picked up the phone and on the other end, I hear, Hey key, this is Kevin Feige. And he went on to talk about how much he loved everything everywhere all at once and how much he loved my performance. Um, 
And then he finally well, yeah. says, Key, we'd love for you to join the MCU family. And I was driving and I started tearing up and I couldn't see the road anymore. And I said, Kevin, can you give me two seconds? I pulled the car over, put it in park and said, please continue. <laughs> and he said, we have this great character for you, Ouroboros. Uh, I really love him, and I think you'd be perfect to play him. And he told me about Loki, and he told me about the MCU, and he spoke with so much passion and enthusiasm in his voice. It brought me back to the day when I met him for the very first time on the X-Men set when he was just an associate producer and I was an assistant action choreographer. He loves this universe so much. He has such a vast knowledge of the universe. And little did I know, only 23 years later, I get to work with him. <laughs> Only 23 years later. Only 23 Heaven years later. Sakes. Um, oh my gosh. He's such a treasure and a gem. Okay. I don't want any scandals. I'm going to read a, a headline. And I want you oh, to remember no. that this is a rumor. And oh. it is one of those rumors where I'm like, this can't be true. It's too fucking awesome. But the big rumor of the week is that the Fantastic Four movie has oh, its yeah. eyes on Pedro Pascal. To play Reed Richards. Interesting, considering please, yes, please. considering they already showed us a Reed Richards in Multiverse of Madness. I know it's a multiverse, but still, yeah, I like it. I do too. I am here I for it. it. I'm I'm indifferent. I I'm like I liked uh, what's his name, Krasinski? John Krasinski. John Krasinski as Reed Richards, and and wanted to see him give the full Reed Richards, and yet at the same time I, I would be excited to see Pedro Pascal play Reed Richards. So, I'm like, just show me it, Marvel, and make it work for me. You know? <laughs> How about this time you guys don't make a shitty Fantastic Four movie? Right. How's that sound? Right. Oh. Yeah, don't fuck it up. That's, that's, the only that, that's the only request I have. Don't fuck it up. And if he's not going to play Reed, can he play Ben? Because that would be cool, too. Hello, I am the thing. <laughs> well, I was just thinking of the uh, the Mandalorian voice, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Taika Waititi. This is the clobbering time. That is it. <laughs> Taika Waititi says, nope, I won't be involved in Thor 5 anytime soon. Uh, if Marvel wants to see other people, I'm happy for that. <laughs> um <laughs> Basically, he's like, I got six years of shit lined up. I don't have time to do another Thor yeah. movie. Right. Um, so he says, he says, so that's six, seven years gone. I'd imagine another Thor would be a lot sooner than that, but I love Marvel. I love working with them. I love Chris. I would never feel like they're cheating on me. Um, <laughs> we're in an open relationship. And it's like, if they want to see other people, I'm happy for that. I'd still get back into bed with them one day. I love Taika Waititi so much. I do too. He's such a delight. Yeah. So Hemsworth's like, yeah, I'll wait and see what they pitch. Yeah. You know. Because he really said, I will. I don't want to do it unless Taika's directing it. Yep. And he and he got because he he's gotten two movies now with Taika directing, and uh, I'm like, you're not gonna keep getting him, and so you got to make a decision at some point, dude, whether or not you're gonna keep being Thor. Right, but uh, the Taika Waititi Thor movies are the most fun Thor movies. Right, and that's if they can get somebody who can make it fun. Right, then that's when Hemsworth wants to come back. I right. think I just, now that they've got it all fleshed out and the character's pretty solid, that's when they bring mm -hmm. back Kenneth Branagh to give me the sweeping epic that I want. There mm -hmm. you go. You know, because the I first one he did, 
to bring Thor into the Marvel Universe, into the MCU with a straight face was yes. a huge task, and I think he handled it very well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm one of those yeah. few people that think that Dark World was a good movie. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Every time I rewatched it, I'm like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay, you know, it was good. I like it. Never never said it was a bad movie. Yep. Just not my favorite Thor movie. That's yep. all. Right. Yeah. Many people have said it is the worst movie in the MCU, and I disagree. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I absolutely as disagree. Well. Yep. Yeah. Well, now now I do. I've seen some worse ones. So, yeah. It's obviously <laughs> Iron Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> and even that was fun. Well, and, and when I, and you know, it's funny when I say that's the worst movie in the MCU, that's still better than any, almost anything DC, the Mar- Warner Brothers DC has put out. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. What do, I mean, I'm seriously, like, look at that whole list. What's the good one? First Wonder Woman. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, the, I, don't, I don't have a number two. <laughs> yeah. The first Wonder Woman and the Batman. Those those have been the best movies they've done. And I barely and, count the Batman because that's in a different multiverse. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, the new Daredevil directors say they're at day zero on the series. We're consu- <laughs> They're basically sitting there watching all the fucking dailies from the shooting that's done to see if there's anything salvageable. Um, yep. Says we're making our stew of information nice and thick. Okie dokie. <laughs> It was a weird analogy to talk about a television show. But I think I understand what they're trying to say. I like my stew thick. (laughs) Girthy. I like a girthy stew. (laughs) Whoa. So anyway, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead were tapped to take over as directors on the remainder of production. And at this point, they're like, 18 episodes, huh? Oh, shit. And we're going to reshoot this whole thing. Yeah, my guess is, is with nothing else to say, they were eating lunch and their stew was thin. Yeah. Is this a gruel? (laughs) There is a new documentary coming out about the Star Wars holiday special. Yes. Um, Yes. It's called A Disturbance in the Force. It must never die. It must never die. Yep. It is going to be a comical behind-the-scenes documentary about the ill-fated 1978 Star Wars holiday special. Uh, it's coming out in December. Uh, it had a premiere at South by Southwest Film Festival, uh, and this will come out on digital and Blu-ray December 5th. I will be watching this. This what? announcement comes on Life Day. <laughs> Life Day! Yep. The movie will also play in select theaters across the U.S., U.K., and Australia. G'day. G'day. Uh, ahead of its home entertainment launch. Oh, no. That's my Australia <laughs> for oh, no. That's what that was. So, yeah, this is uh, absolutely something I am going to watch next week. Or in two weeks. As you should. I forgot. It, you know, Black Friday is on a Friday. What are you yes, going to do? Yes, it is. It is. Yes. All right, that's it for the news. <laughs> and we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're talking comics! My name is Peter Davison, I played the Fifth Doctor, and you're listening to the world's greatest comic book podcast. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. 
Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to me on the world's greatest comic book podcast. Wah, wah, wah! Let's have some comic book news! Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Catwoman will be joining the Suicide Squad. I have a hard time seeing her get a bomb put in her skull, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did she get caught? What's going on? Yeah, maybe maybe there's a new continuity where that's not the thing. But no, I'm looking at a picture right now. Somebody drew of her getting the bomb put in her in her in her skull. Hmm. So yeah. it's her in the purple suit. She looks okay. She looks unhappy about it. I would be, you know. Oh well, yeah. I mean, they're putting a bomb in her head, man. That's okay. Bruce can pull it out as soon as he quits pretending he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, DC has announced that Batman First Night from Dan Jurgens and Mike Perkins is a thing. It's going to be a three-issue Black Label series kicking off in March of 2024. Um, this looks gorgeous. It really does. Oh my god just beautiful painted uh it's a painted a painted book again yeah and it's just gorgeous oh my god i couldn't get i i just looking at the visuals i'm like this is so cool like there's a moment where bruce is standing in front of a nice little jaguar and it looks like he's picking up commissioner gordon and you actually see gordon kind of stop and pick some crap off of the bottom of his shoes before he gets in the car like (laughs) like bruce told him make sure your shoes are clean before you get in the car or something but it's uh yeah, Batman First Night. The year is 1939. The mm-hmm. world still reeling from the horrors of the First World War is on the brink of tipping into an even more gruesome conflict, and fascism is on the march. This looks good. Ooh. This looks good. And this is this is Purple Glove Batman mm-hmm. era. So, purple claw gloves. Yep. Yeah. 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 I am. I am here for this. I don't know about the other nine new titles of Batman that are coming out, but yeah, this looks this, good. This one I'm definitely throwing in the throwing on the list because yep. it looks so good. Even though they take a year to come out, mm-hmm. uh, Marvel's 2024 free comic book day titles tease Blood Hunt event and Ultimate Universe and more. Uh, Blood Hunt. Um, the first few details were dropped during Marvel's Next Big Thing panel at the New York Comic Con. It's a vampire-centric event featuring the Avengers, Blade, Moon Knight, and more. Uh, it's going to be written by Jed McKay, who I am just coming to love. I like, nice. Jed, I like Jed McKay a lot. Um, he said, we have vampires in our books all the time, and there's some bad blood there. Uh, McKay said at New York Comic Con, what happens if the shoe is on the other foot? We've got the Avengers, Moon Knight's uh, Midnight Mission, Doctor Strange, Miles Morales, and of course Blade. And there's going to be more vampires than you can shake a stick at. Wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, how many how many vampire puns can you sneak into one short paragraph? I yes. mean, well, Jed several. McKay can do it. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be fun. Uh, Ultimate Universe is going to be there. Um, 
Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe number one is going to drop on Free Comic Book Day. That is written by Zeb Wells and Dennis Camp and art by Ryan Stigman and Juan oh. uh, Frigeri. So it'll be nice to see uh, that uh, Stegman guy get some work. Yeah. Yeah, he's heard of him. Been hard up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, there's going to be some voices. There's going to be some Star Wars. There's going to be some uh, Spidey and his amazing friends. Uh, there will probably be more from them than that, but that's what they've announced so far for Free Comic Book Day, which, as you know, is the first Saturday in May, not Black Friday. <laughs> Because I had somebody ask me this week if we were giving away free comic books on Black Friday. And it's like, big smile. Nope, that's in May. Big smile. Big smile. Customer service is very important. (laughs) (laughs) The the comic book guy from The Simpsons is not a role model. (laughs) But the older I get, the more I understand where the fuck he's coming from. All right. those moments I wish I was just kind of hanging out there for a minute and somebody said that and I'd say, hey, why don't you walk down to Red Balloon and ask them if they're going to be giving away toys on Black Friday? Yeah. yeah go down and ask them if you can pay half for one of their Lego kits. Give yeah. it a shot. Give it a yeah. shot. I want to see if I can hear the laughter all the way back here. <laughs> That's it for the comic book news. Uh, so what uh, what have you guys been reading this week? Just? Ooh, I sat down and picked up a couple of comic books this week, and they were very exciting. I read The Coal uh, from Kelly Thompson, number the first three issues of that, because mm-hmm. I have fallen behind on that. And, um, and once again, I'm pretty convinced that Kelly Thompson is just a genius. I don't mm-hmm. know where she comes up with her story ideas, but holy crap, she hooks me every single time in one issue in one issue i am mm-hmm. all in on anything kelly thompson writes so if you're not reading the coal or you didn't read the coal when it was on her Substack, please start picking it up because it's delightful it's really good yeah 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 it's really been great and then i also um read the first two issues of miss marvel as written by Amon Vellani. Of course, we love her and love Miss mm-hmm. Marvel as a character. Um, I will be honest. I've not read Miss Marvel a whole No, that's not true. I read Miss Marvel when it first came out for a little while. I've never, I mean, I love the show. I love the movie. I love Amon Vellani. Um, I, I'm not an X Men fan, though. And so I'm. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I'm gonna read it for a few more issues at least and see what happens. So that's my that's my short synopsis on both of those. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? What'd you read? Uh Red Immortal Four. I'm still enjoying it, but that's not the one I'm choosing to spend time on today. I read The Deviant number one. Number one of nine from uh, James Tinian mm-hmm. the fourth. Uh, and artist uh, Joshua Hickson. Uh, and this is, uh, as snow falls over Milwaukee in 1972, a bloodstained Santa Claus commits unimaginable atrocities against young men. Fifty years later, oh. a troubled young writer interviews the so-called deviant killer, who still maintains his innocent, even though he's been locked up for 50 years. And as Christmas approaches once again, the past returns, wielding a sharpened axe. Ooh. This one, uh, look. Like I said, I don't like horror movies, but I do like horror comics. Yeah, you know, that and uh, and 
Tinian is just so fucking good when he, he writes this stuff. Yeah. Master of horror, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So that's what I got this week. What about you, sir? Uh, let's see. I read uh, Bad Karma. Uh, I'll talk about that in detail in Patreon. Mostly because i got to walk over to my shelf and get it off the shelf. So <laughs> remember authors' names. But it's also a tome. It was uh, seven issues all bound into a into a trade. And uh, so it's a bit of a tome to talk about. But I also picked up G.I. Joe number 301 uh, by Larry Hama and Chris Mooneyham. Um They ain't getting that this is 301. I got no fucking clue what's going on. I'll get you, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I, they, they give me enough explanations, but there are characters. I don't know who the fuck they are because this was from the last year of G.I. Joe when they did all this weird shit with Snake Eyes and Snake Eyes' family and stuff. And, and Storm Shadow is now a G.I. Joe. Nephew and... of Snake Eyes. Yeah. Second all cousin these... of Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's what really what it feels like. And then father of the cousin of snake eyes or something gets killed. And, yeah, his name is snake ears. And they're, and they're, and they're having that moment of they're, they're, you know, like the next issue shows them coming off the, the whale holding, you know, bearing his coffin and stuff. And I'm like, so he was a big deal character back in the eighties when this fucking book came out. And I don't know anything about this character. So, um, dear Larry, I'd appreciate some flashbacks just so I know who all these people are or a fucking uh, compendium. Yeah, a compendium would be good. Um, or just, you know, murder them all. And then in a few issues, we'll forget about them. Just That's get us true. back to... Because honestly, um, I was not a fan of the comic book. Every time I... No, I, I can't say I, I'm not a, I wasn't a fan. I just didn't collect it. It's like anytime I picked up a comic book, uh, a G.I. Joe, I enjoyed reading it. Unless it was one of those where they just dropped me right in the middle and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I have one of those. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on because it kind of got that way toward the end of the run, which is when I knew the end, end was going to come was that a new reader couldn't just pick it up and get into it. Um, but the early stuff with Larry Hama was amazing. And that's what I was hoping we I, I, what I'm hoping we'll get back to with this eventually. Uh, but at the same time, I know he wants to close up some storylines. So I would really appreciate if comic book industry at large picked up on Marvel's abandoned point one numbering system. Yeah. Yeah, I would really, really appreciate that. That made everything easy. I don't know why it went away. It mm -hmm. was it was so simple and so fucking perfect. You know? Very, so very as, mad. As someone who's not a fan of the... didn't collect and read the original G.I. Joe series when it came out back in the 80s, the only thing I know very well is the animated series. Um, I know that if you get shot down in your fighter jet, you will always be able to pop your parachute. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the whole thing about that. Or you'll be able to get out of the tank before the missile hits it. That's, that's really, that was what I know about that. But I also, the, the character development and stuff they did in there, which was based on what Larry Hama was writing in the comic books, never went as far as all of these Snake Eyes people joining up. I mean, the other thing, having Storm Shadow join... Become a good guy did happen in the in the animated series, but yeah, it's one of those I'm like I'm not familiar with this at all. So yeah, it took me by surprise when they said Snake Eyes there as one of the Joes, and I'm like, oh, or not Snake Eyes, uh, Storm Shadow. I'm like, oh, okay, so that did happen. He did join. Okay, 
Weird. Fair. And to show a shot of them all saluting, and one of them is Storm Shadow, I'm like, yeah, I don't believe Storm Shadow would salute a goddamn thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that was that was what I read. Uh, so I'm kind of mixed on GI Joe. That's all there is to it. I'm mixed. I don't I don't know if I can recommend it, unless you were a longtime GI Joe fan and stopped at 300 with Larry Hama, and uh, you were you've been excited for the past 30 years for it to come back. Or 40 I mean, years. Fair. There's probably those people out there. So yeah. yeah. I hope they find, I hope they find joy in this. I hope so too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Wednesday. It's time to give our picks of the week. You only say hello so you can say goodbye. These two words must make your life complete. You pick out the hearts that break to make your ego high. And I was just your pick of the week. So what have you guys been reading, or what are you guys looking forward to this week? Let's start with Justin. <laughs> um, we're going to go with Indies first, um, because my mainstream pick is one that if you are following solicitations, you already know. So on the Indie side from Dark Horse Comics is Lunar Lodge number one. Um, marriage, in, marriage ain't easy. Holy crap, I should read better. Uh, especially when your spouse is hiding a monstrous secret. Just ask Rob Moreland, who knows things aren't great lately with his wife Fiona, but is hoping to fix that until the Lunar Lodge calls to confirm her stay. Rob decides to shadow his wife to the hotel, but what he finds reveals even more horror than he thought. Rob will soon discover there's much more to Lunar Lodge and to his wife than meets the eyes. I'm thinking she's going to be a werewolf. What do you guys think? Werewolf? I'm going werewolf. werewolf. We'll go yep. with werewolf. I'm going to go with werewolf. And so I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to find out um, what uh, what we can find out if she's a werewolf or not. There's my <laughs> indie pick of the week. What about you, Jeff? Indie pick. I got two of them this week. The first one's from Image Comics called The Holy Roller. <laughs> In case you were ever wondering if Andy Samberg and uh, Joe Troman would uh, hook up with Rick Remender... To write a comedy about a vigilante hero who smashes people's face with a bowling ball. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I've never wondered that, but I suspect yeah. the answer. Oh, constantly yes. wakes me in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Andy Sandberg and Rick Remender and uh, and Joe Troman are writing the Holy Roller about a vigilante who smashes people in the face with a bowling ball. Okay. I am here for this. It's probably yeah. going to suck. It's probably going to suck. But right now, I'm buying the premise. I'm absolutely going for it. And then on a far more serious note, and I and, and it's important for people to understand history. Yes. To understand that uh, things have happened in the past, especially when you're looking at the Trump thing and all the complicated cases against him. And then you look back at this guy and you realize that we caught him in the easiest way possible. Uh, this is a, a, a comic book about Al Capone. Vampire. <laughs> He's a vampire. Al Capone okay. is a vampire. Okay. Uh, the title of the book is called Al Capone Vampire. It's already on issue two, which means I got to go find issue one because we didn't get any copies in because I've never heard of this genius idea. 
<laughs> oh my! Anyway, that's what I got for indies. What do you got, boss? Uh, from uh, Image Comics, Universal Monsters Dracula number two is coming out. Uh, there will also be a re uh, a, a reprinting of issue one coming out that week. So if you haven't caught issue one, um, now you get a chance. So this beautifully painted. Uh, book by Martin Simmons and written by James Tinian the Fourth, the Master of Horror, as we've already said. Yes, it's fucking amazing, and it is the Dracula story. It's it's, uh, but it's it's kind of hammer horror. Well, it's Universal Monsters, so it's more of a Universal Monsters retelling. It's not, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula in any way. Um, you know, uh, Doctor Seward's an old man kind of thing. You know, it's that stuff that we always. That they, when they had to write it into plays and into movies, they kind of moved the characters around to make it make more sense. But yeah, this one, Lucy Weston suffers from a mysterious ailment. Dr. Seward calls upon Professor Abraham Van Helsing, and Dracula's thirst goes unquenched. And hopefully, we'll have even more good stuff with uh, Renfield because it's that was some amazing shit in the first issue of that. It turns out I'm very thirsty. Blah. <laughs> uh, from Boom Studios, uh, Berserker Fallen Empire will be coming out. Ooh, yeah. This is a graphic novel in a way. I don't know how if they're going to break it up, but I think it's just they did a graphic novel the last one or a, or just a big issue with the last one. Um, but this is uh, more of uh, his past, basically, the past of the Berserker. And because he's he's an immortal, so we get to see some cool things going on with this guy uh, in different in different eras. And I'm like, you know, when you make that Berserker series, give us some of this shit too, because this is fun. I like I like him being Conan, basically going from different places to different places. Like in the last one, he was there at the fall of Atlantis. That was cool. Oh, yeah. So this fallen empire, um, yeah. Uh, the Lone Survivor of Olos, Long Dead Empire. Uh, yeah, this is this is just gonna be fun. So, Fallen Empire. Uh, my mainstream picks this week from Marvel Comics. We get Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars Battle World. Uh, after nearly forty years, um, we get a return to Battle World. Uh, you know where Spider-Man got the Venom costume. Um, you know, it's funny because they, I, I reread the, the panel. Somebody posted up the panel or the page that happened on. Uh, and in the first panel, he's like, hey, where'd you guys get? Because he's, you know, there's Spider-Man, his costumes in tatters as always. And he sees some X-Men and stuff all wearing new costumes. Like, hey, where'd you guys get the costumes from? They said, oh, that machine over there. He's like, huh, which machine are they talking about? He doesn't ask them, which spe- come show me which machine specifically. No, he just goes off on his own. He's like, huh, well, this one kind of looks like a vending machine. And all of a sudden out comes the alien costume. And later he's like, do, does your costume do things for you? And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, nothing. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and, uh, I got to yeah, interrupt. I'm, I got to interrupt real quick. So yeah. because, of course, while we're doing the show, um, some of us tend to go, oh, yeah, shit, and send Braxton messages on things that he should do. <laughs> Yes. I, I sent him over. I'm like, dude, throw Holy Roller in my hold. And he's like, my Sunday isn't complete without the world's greatest comic book podcast just finished recording order. <laughs> <laughs> Reply to him and let him know. 
him know that we we haven't finished recording yet because he hasn't gotten all of our emails. Yes, uh, still recording. More to come. <laughs> More to come. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, reveals some secret connections and missing characters uh, from the 1984 series because there were characters that came showed up and disappeared, and we never know what happened to it. Never knew what happened to them. So this ought to be a lot of fun. Um, and it's going to go into a little bit more about the Beyonders themselves, not just the Beyonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is a whole new little series. Uh, Marvel's got to you know reclaim its trademark for Secret Wars, so this ought to be fun. Uh, and then uh, from DC Comics, just because it's out, and uh, I have a certain book I love, and that is Nightwing, and Nightwing will be out. Um, by the way, uh, Bruno Redondo, this fucking cover, dude. In the foreground, it's Grayson, you know, holding a holding a stick, a screaming stick. He's dressed because it's this whole pirate thing. He's dressed as a pirate, but all you see is like his torso leaning back. But behind him, the shadow shows that he's this woman is attacking him with a sword, and he's blocking it with the other screaming oh. stick. Oh, and it's just such a cool trick to to do. Um, so it's not, you know, it's like oh, you feel like oh, there, I should be able to flip this open and and get a full poster of a cover. But no, his intention was you would only ever see the shadows fighting. I think that's cool. That's hey, what cool. is what's your mainstream uh, pick, Jeff? Mainstream it is. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, two DC titles uh, this week. Uh, the first one is the release of Aquaman Andromeda. Uh, this was a uh, black label, uh, and now it's collected. So nice. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a spaceship graveyard, and Aquaman's got to deal with it. I don't want to give you more of that because it was really good. Um, hmm. And Aquaman, uh, he's hard to do good. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, you know, uh, Jeff Johns did it for three out of twelve issues, and then the rest <laughs> of them were garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm so excited for this, I can't stand it. Batman Offworld by Jason Aaron. Oh, pardon me while I furiously masturbate. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Um, I mean, fair. Basically, Batman gets pulled off world to deal with shit. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Jason Aaron doing Batman. Are you kidding me? He's done one of my favorite writers who's now doing the second of my two favorite characters of all time. You know, except John Constantine, who's always going to be my favorite. There's nothing you can do about it. So shut up and bring back Vertigo. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Nice. Jason Aaron, writing Batman. Oh, boner. Next, <laughs> uh, Jocelyn, what do you got, buddy? I mean, I feel like after that, this is just going to be a letdown for everybody because you all know that there's a Daredevil title coming out this hey, week. Hey, after every bonage is a cuddle. Oh, that's true. So let's have the cuddle. This is the soft little cuddle at the end. This is Daredevil Black Armor number one. Um, This is honestly, it's a writer. It's D.G. Chittister. Chittister. Chichester. I don't know. Chittister? It's Chittister, Um, yeah. I will be honest. He's going to return Hell's Kitchen to spin an all-new Daredevil story set during his landmark run. Never heard of the guy. I had to look it up. It was a Daredevil run. He wrote Daredevil back in the very early 90s. Yep. Um, 
and I've never read his stuff. So I'm going to go into this one completely blind, and I'll probably be slightly confused because I don't know what his run with the character was all about. Um, I am sure that it has had after effects that I'll pick up on and figure out, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this one of four because I like a short series. It makes me happy. Cool. I, I don't fall behind as easy on those. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's all jump into our TARDIS and give you our picks of the future. So, what are you looking forward to coming out in January? Jeff, you want to talk about this one or do you want me to? No, go nuts, buddy. All you. <laughs> All me, Blue Book nineteen forty seven number one from James Tinian. James like, Tinian the fourth. Yep. Yeah, we're just all about it. We're all about him. But uh, yeah, in nineteen forty seven, this is a this is a non fiction comic book experience. Yeah. Depicting true stories of UFO abductions with an eye in capturing the strange essence of those encounters. Mm-hmm. I. I'm all in. I mean, I have been fascinated by UFOs and aliens from the time that I was a small child and learned they existed or possibly existed or might exist. So to to see real life examples is what pulled me to it. Jeff, what pulled you to this one that you were like, I'm going to make that my January pick? Uh, because Blue Book was so good. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I also I also like alien shit. I'm a huge X-Files guy. Uh, yeah, and that was more more than just a, a Gillian Anderson crush. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Crush. Oh. That's what got me through season seven and eight. But yeah. you know, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once Mulder left, I was like, "Why am I watching the Terminator run around with Scully? I don't understand what's going on." Uh, John yeah. Doggett. Uh, but uh, Annabeth Gish, I liked her a lot in the show. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's pretty much what it was. Is it's just like yeah. I like I like that alien shit, um, just probably as much as you do. It's fun, yeah. and James Tinian's writing it. Fuck yeah, let's do let's do some of that, because right. we all know that the only reason that there's anal probobes was just the aliens trying to cure COVID before it broke into the mass populace. That's you right. just you just shine a light up there with a little disinfectant. A little disinfectant and a light. Um, I was uh, in, what what I liked about what I've liked about Blue Book is it reminds me of these uh, very popular podcasts that people listen to about alien abductions and Bigfoot and everything, where you've got the deep voice guy just telling you about some historical account mm-hmm. or you know something that happened. But this this goes even deeper and it's it's just a delightful story. I love Blue Book, so yeah, this is going to be a good one to pick for yeah. February. And then my pick, my pick for February is from DC Comics. DC's How to Lose a Guy Gardener in Ten Days. <laughs> we That's got funny. we got Marguerite Savage, Dennis Hopeless, Aaron Waltke, Brendan Hay, George Mann, Danny Lore, and Alex Gaylor, uh, all writing it. Uh, Marguerite Savage, even Chevron, Char- ML Senapo, Baldomir Rivas, Ted Brandt, Rose Stein, and Leonardo Rodriguez, and others all drawing it. Yes, it's a 80-page prestige format uh, anthology of various romance stories. But the fun here's the fit, here's the twist: they're all based on rom-coms from the 90s and early 2000s. Okay, I'm in. So you get 
Plastic Man twisting himself into knots trying to please someone. The Flash traveling back in time to make a ca- catastrophic 51st date perfect. <laughs> you see where they're going with this? Yeah. yeah. A lonely robot yeah. who can't seem to find love unless it's male from a computer screen. Oh. Uh, which, uh, like Red Tornado Love actually is a pain in the 27 dresses. Uh, so yeah, in the grand tradition of these dating conundrums and rom-coms, this is what we get. And the, the title caught me and just made me laugh because it's, uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Um, how to lose a guy gardener in 10 days. Right. I, yeah. Okay. Let's check this guy out. This ought to be a lot of fun. And it's, it's a January solicit, but it'll probably come out toward the end. So it'll be one of those early Valentine's day kind of warm me up for kind of things. That'll be fun. Rather than throwing a Valentine's Day thing in that we're like, what? What is that for? <laughs> True. True. And that is my pick. Nice. I love it. Uh, let's see. Anything else, kids? Um, No. Nothing. I'm going to try and go see the Marvels again this week, though. And boost up those numbers. I'm going to yeah. single-handedly bring up their box office numbers. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to keep talking nice about it online. Yep. Same. Oh, we oh. lost JC. We lost JC. That's it. Quick, quick. Oh, wait, stop. Stop oh, making fun of him. Back. Uh, so <laughs> I would just like to point out to everybody as we close that Black Friday is the 24th of November. It happens on a Friday. We're going to yes. be there on a Friday. Yes. Um, the, the Friday after Thanksgiving, right? That's right. Thanksgiving is on right. Thursday, the 23rd. Yes. Black yes. Friday is on the 24th. Um, Got it. So it looks like JC's having audio issues. Possibly. Can you hear yeah. us, buddy? He, he does not appear to be hearing us. But I can hear him. I can too. Yeah. Um, well, he's typing us a message. He's ty- as everyone can hear. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've lost audio on both of you. Oh. Tried to refresh this. Wrap up the fucking show, I guess. Okay. There you go. Hey, everybody. Fade Join us over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash DFENmedia. Uh, it might just if be me and Jocelyn. you can hear me, murder the fucking show now. Oh, yeah. We can hear you just fine. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. Because I can. can't hear a word you guys are saying, so... Well, I can say my little thing and that'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> well, be quiet. We can't hear you. Um, anyway, patreon.com slash Media. Every week that we record, we are there. So we'll get all this audio shit figured out uh, and meet you there. Uh, thanks, Jocelyn. Thanks, JC. And we will talk to you guys next week. Hey.